You can't spell Rona without the R, matey. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with a man who knows that diarrhea is hereditary. It runs in your genes. Gets worse every time. I'm Javier. Yeah, you are. Yes, I am. Today, we continue and finish the series on the Rona. Specifically, Omicron. The crazy thing is, how do you even know which one, what variant you have? I mean, I, I don't think they have a specific test, right? But That may be, but I don't know. It's, that's it's, weird, right? It's, it's, it's just the one that's in fashion right now. Yeah. You know, we keep up with the latest trends. <laughs> the fashion virus. <laughs> the fashionable uh, virus. Funny. Ugh, it's funny until it's not. Yeah. Well, I don't want to think about it too much. You know what I do want to think about is the scripture for the day, which comes from... Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Delicious. Amen. Amen indeed. So let's get this podcast on the road. So the one thing, the one thing that I was going to say about this uh, virus... Is, uh, I don't know about you, but it feels kind of demonic to me. And that's one of the things that I've been talking about with my wife. Because she was, she was talking about, the, about it from like all sorts of angles. Angles that are maybe politically incorrect. And some that are just like, you know what? You have to be dumb not to have your eyes open to them. And sometimes they're both. You know, um, but the one thing, you know, just to keep it. Just to keep it to what uh, to what the podcast needs to be about is that you know what yeah this thing is demonic. One of the ways that it manifested is not just that you know it brought a lot of people down. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, you were you were saying that too. You know everything yeah. was gloomy and this and that and and yeah, uh, it happened to my brother too. One of my brothers got it. My older brother Miguel he he got it, and and everything just kind of piled up and and he was going through like a minor depression you know and it was. It, it was sucky for everyone. Um, one thing that I noticed was that the semester was ending or had ended. This is the first school in which uh, I, I'm at where the semester doesn't end in December. Like it ends in January. And, and we're already kind of moving on. The first thing I do at the beginning of the new semester is I show my students the butterfly circus. I don't have the same opportunities to preach the gospel um, in a public school as I do in a private school, in a Catholic school, you know? Tell so, me what that is. So what that is... You can even put it in the... In yeah, the yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to give, give the context. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Got to put a link to that, to that uh, short film uh, called The Butterfly Circus. Did I say The Butterfly Effect earlier? Uh, you might have, but... I might have. It's all good. It's cool. I'm not going to edit it out. I'm, I'm an idiot and everyone needs to know it. Um, 
that and the English that's the, is hard. That's the coronavirus affecting your brain. Hey, you know what? It kind of did, though. I noticed that. Because I'm usually forgetful, but when you forget the Hail Mary, like, while you're playing the rosary, it's like, my brain just locked up, and I was like, did you say something? <laughs> this is why I just played on YouTube and I listened to it. <laughs> Oh man! You know my brain would have found a way to to mess up even that. Um, but what I was what I was getting at was that was that this was like the one thing I have where I can speak in a in a faith like way without speaking in a faith like way because that video doesn't mention God, but it does mention suffering. And the main quote that that I have my students uh, reflect on is. The um, greater the struggle, the more glorious the triumph. Mm, that, that, that's, that's a wonderful and, quote. And we've talked about this, this general theme in the podcast before when, we were, when I was bringing up John O'Leary and how he talks about, about suffering and adversity. And if anyone knows suffering and adversity, it's that guy, John O'Leary. Look him up. Um, but he talks about, about that stuff. And I bring him up whenever I'm, I'm talking about this, even in, in the private school. You know, I just talk about suffering. I don't bring up God unless they ask. Um, but I don't make it a, a gospel session, even though it totally is a gospel <laughs> session. All the, all the religious people, they know. They know. You know, they look at me and I look at them and I'm like, you know what this is, <laughs> and uh, and I talk to them about adversity. And he, uh, John O'Leary, said these three things. He said that when when we suffer, we always ask ourselves these three questions: Why me? What's the point? And who cares? Mm. But the only thing is that we ask ourselves those three questions as victims. So flip the script and ask yourself those same three questions, but as victors. As people who are victorious, we are victorious because our God resurrected. Now, I don't say that stuff, but I say, you know, think about it as victors. Why me? You know, if we ask ourselves that question in the morning, you know, why did I wake up? Why am I fortunate enough to have a car to drive to work in? You know, why do I have a roof over my head, food? You know, all these blessings that I have, why me? Why am I so fortunate? Who am I not to be living under a bridge? Yeah. What's the point? You know, what is your why? What is your meaning? Because as uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl, Holocaust survivor said, if you know your why, you can endure anyhow. Mm. And who Great cares? Book. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. What's the title of that book? Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. Great book. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. Or... Yeah, which is very different, contrasted to the other book on on the Holocaust, which is also from a survivor, which is Night, which is quite the opposite. If oh, you ever read I've those heard of books, that one. In, I've heard in, of that one. Uh, it's complete the contrast, right? Night, Eli Weisel, and it, it's a whole other experience. One one man. Right, Victor Frankel, he he finds meaning in suffering and in, and he endures the Holocaust and he comes out hopeful and 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 the other man Eli Wiesel loses his father, his whole family basically, um, and it's called night because he loses hope, he loses his faith in God. It's mm. like the dark night of the soul type of thing. Yeah, it's 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 you read those two and they're very same men who went through the very similar experiences, not the same. 
but came out completely different. Wow. Yeah. What a contrast, right? Yeah. And it's one of the things that I tell that I tell my kids too. Um, you know, going going on with the third question, you know, who cares? <laughs> the thing is, like, everyone cares. <laughs> and, and this is one of the things that I tell them. Like, who cares if you show up? I care. I notice. Your classmates notice. It makes a difference when your seat is vacant. Yep. You know, the whole room changes because you're not here. Yep. Even if you're quiet. And I drop these bombs every once in a while. You know, like I walk up to some kid that's playing a computer game. And then, you know, I, I've been monitoring him from, from my computer. And I'm like... You know, I'm not, I, I noticed he got a little, little scared. I'm like, I just wanted to know what your score was because that's a cool game. <laughs> and, then I, and then I dropped this little bomb and I'm like, you know, just because I'm not talking to you directly doesn't mean I don't pay attention to you. A lot of times you forget how, just how important you are. Mm. Boom. Done with that gospel moment, right? Wow. And the thing is, like, who cares? People care. Yeah. People care and you're freaking important. And when people go through adversity, you can either come out bitter or better. Yeah. And it's your choice. You know, you can either find your meaning or it can be your dark night. Yeah. And you meet those people all the time. People who had great suffering will either be the most joyful because they found God and they found their meaning in this life. Or they can be dark, gloomy pessimistic about everything cynical and they just flat out don't care so how do we come out whenever we have adversity in our lives i want to think that i would be one of those people that comes out bitter i mean better (laughs) i'm kind of cynical about life though i'm not even gonna lie i have a tendency to be cynical i have a tendency to be cynical and i use that as a defense mechanism (laughs) Let's laugh it out. Let's laugh it out. <laughs> Let's let that moment be. I'm not editing it out. You know. But I have that tendency. But at the same time, I have the ability to keep it in check. Yeah. And to question it. And I think it was uh, Augustine, right? Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. Mm. So, you know, just... It's not nothing. Just a thought. <laughs> Yeah, chew, chew on that. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about everything you were saying, and it's funny because when I had the Rona virus, the coronavirus, oh I was watching TV and they were talking about how after the holidays, um, New Year's, right, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all the holidays that kind of come back to back to back. Halloween, if you want to throw that in there, but I think Halloween too is you know part of all that. The fall into the winter. Um, a lot of people start getting depressed because after the holidays, it's like, okay, during the holidays, it's cold, you know, especially in, in some places where it snows and it, it rains a lot. And, but you still have the joy of Christmas. You still have the joy of Thanksgiving that or of looking forward to New Year's and, and your, you know, family gatherings, parties, whatever. But after you're left with nothing. 
And, and I think this is why people hold on and they, they wait such a long time to take down their Christmas lights. That's tree. why my neighbors, okay. <laughs> I noticed your neighbors too. They dance. <laughs> I, I still have my tree up. I, that's because I had the Rona oh and but it's, it has nothing to do with I'm holding on. It's just, I mean, it looks nice, but um, I think people are just holding on. And I, I noticed that, that you know, this, this report said on TV that you know, depression and suicide goes up in January. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's, when the, the there's a, the peak, you know, hits a spike there and it's, it's the highest, which is really interesting. And I can see now why, not only that, but now adding, adding in this factor of people getting sick with the coronavirus, having to isolate, um, things like that. It, it just doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody, you know, but but it definitely presents the opportunity, um, as you said, to to grow, to either go through the tunnel and get to the light or to, you know, just kind of dig yourself in a deeper hole into that darkness. Right. And it's funny because I have my laptop open right now and, and <laughs> it has a, a title here, a subtitle. It says God and coronavirus. Is it a sign of the end times? <laughs> Oh, didn't we just talk about that stuff? Yeah, I it's know, but the end I mean, of the world. I mean, people people continue That's pushing the topic, right? I mean, they continue, and you know, like we said before, it may be the end for some people who get the coronavirus mm-hmm. and and they 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 die from it. And it, you don't even have to get the coronavirus; you can die from many other things, and you never know when God's going to call you home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and God may not be calling you home. Maybe he's just testing you. And, and that was the case for Job. We think about Job, how God allowed the devil to test Job. Um, Job was an upright man. He was a, a man who feared God. And, you know, Satan asked God if he could test this, this servant, Job. And God said, okay, I'll let you test him, right? But he never allowed job to be hurt he allowed job to be tested his faith right um things around him is you know were taken from him etc but never was job directly harmed now obviously sometimes god allows us to be directly harmed but but this was the case for job and job's character was put uh under you know fire and, and tested directly um but you know, and he lost his cattle, he lost his donkeys, he lost sheep and camels, whatever, his, prop- his property, but he never lost his faith in God. Now, did he question God? Yeah, he totally questioned God. Going back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, it says in Job 3, one. it says, after this, Job began to speak and curse the day he was born, Um you know, he never cursed God. That's also very key. He never cursed God. He cursed the day he was born. He would curse other things, but not God. Uh, another thing that is really amazing, says here, is if I have sinned, this is Job talking, if I have sinned, what have I done to you, Lord, watcher of humanity? Why have you made me your target so that I have become a burden to you? Job 7.20. Amazing, Right? Uh, kind of reminiscent of the saints. Uh, you hear the saints, you know, uh, the one that comes to my mind. But there's so many. Uh, St. Therese, uh, Therese of Avila. Avila. Yeah. With, with, if you treat your friends like this, 
you know, uh, no wonder you have such few friends, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, talking to God. Um, so, again, we, we, we read about Job in the Old Testament and how he allowed himself to be tested by the devil. Um, and, and, and one of the things that Job says after all this stuff happens, he says uh, in Job, uh, what is it, chapter 1, verse 21, he says, Naked I came in, uh, from my mother's womb, and naked I shall retor- return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, that verse right there, man, wow. I, I know when I've gone through stuff, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, in our lives, God gives us so many things, but sometimes God takes them away or allows those things to be taken from us. And it could be very hard on us, but, you know, um, there is a reason why God allows those things to be taken from us. There's a reason why we suffer. Um, there's a reason for everything uh, and finding the why, as Adrian talked about, is so important. No pause. Wow. That that was that was your sign. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know. And uh, this is the part where I usually warn people. You know, this this is the part where the conversation gets dumbed down because I'm about to speak. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, that was that was pretty good, man. <laughs> And, and that's the reason why I say that, because I they, nothing I say is going to enrich this conversation. But it does remind me of one of the uh, most random Bible verses that I know. Um, it kind of just reminds me that, that, you know, in the Bible, there is this affinity for cheese. Didst thou not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Job 10.10. Delicious. Well, yeah, I mean, the only thing that I find that I find myself able to able to say about this is that, yeah, yeah, you got to find your meaning. You got to find your why. Why? Because, you know, I brought, up John, I brought up John O'Leary a little while ago, so I'm going to bring him up again. You know, God demands it. My family deserves it. And the world is starved for it. Three things that we talked about here in the podcast uh, many, many moons ago. You know, if you're a new listener, then it's the first time you hear it, and it sounds like this is a really cool podcast. But we're always repeating the same stuff, you know, and just trying to relate this stuff to, to our lives because... Yeah, we may not have the most uh, enlightened. No, it is enlightened. You know, but we bring, we bring some meaning to mundane things. Um, but this, this stuff right here is, uh, is something that helped me out a lot. You know, because in suffering and in all that stuff, you know, when we're asking ourselves why, you know, we need to, we need to know what our why is. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I, and I stole this from John O'Leary, like I keep mentioning it time and time again. My why is God demands it. My family deserves it. And the world is starved for it. Mm. They asked me that question when I was in a teacher school, you know, for my master's program. And they were talking about impact. You know, that there's teachers who have influence and then there's teachers that have an impact. And that we should be aiming to be teachers that have an impact. And so when they asked the question, you know, what is your why? I'm, I'm ready for this. You know, I'm ready for that question. And, and I just answered it the way I, I, I answered it right now. It's like, God demands it. My family deserves it. And the world is starved for it. You know, that is the reason why I do what I do. If not, I'd be doing something else. 
And I better be having an impact on these kids because if I'm not, then I, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know, because they're going to forget 70% of what they learn in my classroom. So that 30% better damn be worth it. <laughs> God demands it from me. He doesn't have us here in this time with this ailment, in this society, in this culture to be mediocre. Amen. He demands not comfort from us. He demands greatness. Mm. And we better produce. Our family deserves nothing less because you are the role model for your family. You are the first other of your children. They are learning how to be human from you. It was so humbling when my wife gave me credit for my son's faith because my son has great faith. He, do he doesn't ever let anyone talk ill of the Lord. And I'm so proud of him for that. And when my wife recognized that in him and the fact that they refuse to, to do something else on Sunday unless they've gone to church, that, that was amazing. You know, she's like, you know, it's because of you. And it feels awesome. Um, the world is starved for it. I don't, think, I don't think I need to explain how much the world is in need for greatness. And the greatness doesn't come from us. We know that. You know, we know that all the virtues where, you know, where morality, where our faith is hinged on, comes from the Lord. Amen. And we can continue running from suffering, which as human beings, nobody wants to suffer. Animals, nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to die. But the fact of the matter is that we're, we're all going to suffer. Regardless, we're all going to suffer regardless mm -hmm. of... Our gender, our, our, you know, our status in society, our wealth, uh, our race, we're all going to suffer and we're all going to die. And so to embrace suffering and find meaning in suffering is very important, I think, as human beings. Um, you know, when we suffer for something or for someone, we grow closer to that thing, to that, you know, to that person um deeper there's a deeper bond that's formed there when you suffer right you suffer for for the church you suffer for your children for your wife um you know whatever right you grow a deeper bond for that because you had to endure that suffering right as as i i have a quote that i remember i i, I wrote down when i was studying in the seminary that suffering is the greatest manifestation of love, right? When you truly love someone or something, um, you suffer. You're going to suffer. And I think we forget that we can, we, we, we think that we can escape suffering, but we forget that God himself, as we just celebrated in, 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 the, in, in the Christmas nativity mystery, incarnation mystery, became man and in becoming man um, he chose to allow himself to suffer and if he suffered what makes us think that we're not going to suffer right what makes us think that we're going to escape suffering rather than embracing our suffering and offering it up in union with Christ and his passion and his death um, right that, that, that there is meaning 
in our suffering and we can bring grace to ourselves, to our families, to others by embracing it. Uh, St. John Paul II once said, each man and his suffering can also become a sharer in the redemptive suffering of Christ. Um, so let us embrace our suffering, right? And rather than run from it, because ultimately we're all going to suffer. And again, going back to these two men who experienced the Holocaust, you see one embracing his suffering and finding meaning in it, Viktor Frankl, and the other, um, unfortunately, uh, running from it, trying to escape it, and um, the results of, of it destroying his faith in God, his faith in humanity, his faith in himself, which is really sad, right? Yeah. Those are the results of suffering and death, unfortunately. They either um, break us or they make us. They either draw us closer to God or draw us away from God. You're bitter or you're better. So be better and pray for us. As we pray for you. Ferrum. Ferrum. Aguitu. Did you fart? No, I did not. Oh, it was me then.